Welcome back to the 1,001st episode of the Nobody Asked for This podcast. Um, I'm going to be really honest with you. Uh, this week, it's been rough. I feel like I don't know what end is up. I sat down to record this, and I'll talk about what is fueling um, this podcast in a couple in a couple minutes. Maybe 10 minutes, because usually I'll start talking about something, and then I'll kind of veer off so far in the opposite direction that I you know, have rambled and rambled. And I normally get, a, get the train back on the track, but sometimes it just takes, takes some time. But um, I sat down to do this and I was like, look at me go. Look at me recording my, you know, recording the episode, not at the last minute, not the night before. I'm like doing this two days before it comes out. Uh, and then I realized that, it, excuse me, that it is in fact Wednesday. So strike one, I am, I'm not recording this early. I'm not recording this late, but up until maybe two hours ago, the plan was to record it in the morning, thinking that it would be fine because, you know, I, in my head, in my timeline, my cinematic universe, today was Tuesday and tomorrow was Wednesday. Uh, but apparently, according to the real universe, uh, today it's Wednesday. So I had to do that. Now, luckily, I do have the fuel getting back to what I was talking about, of what I just ate, which is a Eggo waffle flavored Pop-Tart. Now, if you haven't guessed, that is compliments of uh, the Americas. We don't have Eggo waffle flavored Pop-Tarts in Canada, which you think we would because what it all it is, is it's a regular Pop-Tart that is dyed like a like a like a waffle color, like a like a deeper yellow type of color. Tastes the same. It's just a more food dye, probably yellow dye number twelve or whatever. I love how dyes have numbers. Like apparently blue number five is like gonna kill us all. So it's almost like let's just. I have a whole thing on on food dye that we can get into in a second, but um, yeah, it's just a regular shell of a pop tart which. I say regular, but it is quite superb. Love a pop tart with a maple flavor on the inside, and then they do like um, like a you know they have the frosting like it's like a frosted pop tart, and then they have the drizzle. The drizzle is like a brown maple syrup mimicking type color, um, and it was pretty good. And I'm hoping that that will propel me through this this episode because, like I said, it's been rough, um, and I don't know, I don't know what type of content I'm going to be able to provide in such a state, but I'm going to try. I've been blaming my sort of forgetfulness the last few days on this mosquito bite. I got a mosquito bite probably three or four days ago, and I've never, I've never felt more confused than I have since the mosquito bite. And, and whether it is just a coincidence or not i like i don't know i don't know what to tell you i am not a doctor um as much as i as i try to be as much as i i really you know growing up in the age of google i i've pretty much you know at some point thought that i had every disease that they teach you about in medical school so i've read extensively i've read the wikipedia pages for probably like the top 12 um, conditions, diseases, whatever the the correct term is, um, the top twelve killers, d- deadliest killers, 
of um, in the medical field. So I'm pretty much, not to brag, pretty much an expert. So please DM me if you need medical advice, serious inquiries only. I was looking back at the episode, um, just, just description from last week. I don't, I daren't and I mustn't listen to the episodes. I think I've maybe listened to, I'm at the point now where I feel like maybe it would be fun to go back and listen to the first few episodes and I can maybe laugh, laugh at them because I'm maybe further away from you know, the person that was recording those episodes, but it's only been a year. So you really, you know, how, how, how far away can I be? But that it's, it's really fun when you get to a point where you can kind of laugh at yourself. And I, I tend to get there pretty quickly. Um, usually like six to seven seconds and I'm, I'm already laughing. Uh, I'm, I actually find it harder to take stuff a little bit more seriously, but, um, what I meant to say was I read the description of the episode last week and thought that it was an episode from like months ago. So that's how long of a week it's been. I really don't have an explanation as to why it's been such a long week. I feel like I am, you know, hinting, alluding to something greater, to something happening, you know, out yonder that I'm not talking about. Um, That is actually not the case. I just... I'm telling you it's the mosquito bite. These mosquitoes are out to get us. It's the mosquito bite and the sun. I feel like I was talking about how last week, like what what doesn't make sense about the climate in which I exist in. Last week, this day last week, I was making soup in a hoodie, acting as if it was the, the middle of November. And now this week, I was sitting in a car sweating in a t-shirt. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, I also just have to be really honest in this moment. Uh, when I, a couple sentences back, um, started the sentence about, you know, last Wednesday I was making soup, um, I did take a bathroom break and then come back and finish that sentence and said this Wednesday I was in the car sweating, you know, that part. I don't feel, I don't know why I feel the need to um, just to be honest about that. It, it just feels more authentic of me. I'm nothing if not authentic um, to my brand, to just be honest. You know, I used to do a whole segment called Gupdate. Um, for those of you that didn't make the connection, it was a gut update. I haven't I haven't done it in a while. I do it periodically if, if something is granted, just because I really felt like, you know, it's not fair to put that much pressure on your gut to have a noteworthy, podcastable, worthy um, update every week. Like it's just, it's, it's, it, it set a gut standard that I was not, it was not fair to put on my gut. So for whatever reason, I really wanted to share that. So, and if that's not your thing, I totally understand. I won't go into detail, um, about the, the break that I just took. Um, but I just had to be honest about it. So please don't leave me any hate comments. <laughs> I mean, the reality of the situation is I would be so lucky to get a hate comment. That would mean that A, someone was listening and B, someone was commenting. This is actually perfect timing for our 
weekly reminder uh, to anyone that might be stumbling upon this, thinking, what the hell is this? Um, Why is this person talking like they have 800 million listeners? Uh, Trust me, I know. I know. I see the numbers. I see the stats. Um, Believe it or not, I only do this alone. So like I upload the podcast myself and I can see the, the last week's, you know, statistics and they're abysmal. They're, they're, they've always been like low and for some reason they're getting lower. I think it's because I've stopped listening altogether. Um, but I've never had more fun doing the podcast than I have the last couple months. So, I mean, there's really no reason to stop. So I'm going to keep going. I'm going to continue speaking as if there are millions listening. Um, and just know that I know that. I was thinking about the other day, like, I still to this day don't post anything anywhere. Like, I would feel weird to put up a picture on Instagram, even though that's, like, normal. You know, like, I'd feel like, oh, who cares about me? But then, and I don't think that about other people. Like, when I see other people post stuff, I'm like, oh, that's nice. But for me, I would feel weird being like, who cares about me? And then I had to have my come to Jesus moment and be like, oh, I record half hour long voice memos that I record on my phone in my basement on a beanbag chair and then post them to the internet every week and have done so for over a year with no sign of stopping. And for some reason, that's not as sad to me. I don't feel weird about that. I feel like I should, um, but I don't. And it's because I think because of that weekly reminder that I always say, like, I know no one's listening. Like, I'm just, I'm literally doing this for fun. Um, and if anyone at any point decides that they would like to financially compensate me for the work that I do, I am ready to give my direct deposit. Um, I mean that in a literal sense. I had to give it a couple weeks ago. So, like, I know off the top of my head the account number, the transit number, the branch number. Like, I could I could give you that information quite easily. Um I will, I'll double check and make sure that it's a legitimate source in which um, is being the receiver of this information. I'm not just going to give it to a rando, but um, yeah, if anyone, if anyone would like to pay me for this, actually, I do get something out of this. I always say I don't, but other than the, you know, creative fulfillment, the space to get out my, my thinking, you know, sometimes you have thoughts that aren't for people to hear. So as opposed to saying them to someone in person, I just say them to like everybody, but then also nobody because nobody asked for this. But I do get something out of this. The day after the first episode premiered, the day after I clicked submit on the first episode for no one to listen to. Actually, I think a few people did listen to that. That was probably the only episode that like people that weren't me or related to me listened to I think like like we got maybe like my my second ring of people around me to listen to it which was nice and I appreciate and I mean if I've said it once I've said it 500 times we did go uh, we did break the top 200 of the comedy podcast charts in Finland Uh, and the day that that happened I actually uh subscribe not subscribed i made an account on a website where you can apply to read um advanced digital copies of books that are coming out and like they're actual books it's not just like 
you know, like cookbooks or whatever. Like it's an actual, like a book that you could go to the the bookstore, which I have an, I have an anecdote about the bookstore, a book that you could go to the bookstore and like find in the, the newly released section, like the front bench thing. Um, and so basically how it works is you make an account and then you have to like write like who you are, who you influence, which at the time and now is still nobody. Um, and I was honest about that in my application. I said, listen, I have no listeners. I probably will never have any listeners. So your you know, ROI on giving me access to these books is probably not going to be high. But like, how about you just do it anyway, you know? And I will say how it works is there's like lists of books. You can search a book and you click request. I've probably requested like 12 books. And I've probably gotten like four or five of them. I I get, I've gotten some books. And I'll do like, you know, you review it on the website, so they get feedback. So, I mean, you know, I get something out of this. And books are expensive. Please, someone needs to explain to me why a digital copy of a book is like $15. Like, like for a digital, a digital copy. Like, shouldn't it be like two? Like, how much... Does it take the Amazon bookstore, Kindle, whatever, Apple Books? I'm calling you all out by name. How much money does it take for you to make a digital copy? Is it not just copy-paste? Or like the library? Them having a limited number of digital copies. I understand, kind of, from like a business point, why you can't just have a million. But then I also think, like, why can't you just have a million copies? Like, it's... like copy paste you know just like it's not like we're running out of paper here which i think the world is actually on a paper shortage which would affect the sales of like hardcover books which that i understand um what's with these limited digital copies um and i have to say i did the other day get approved for a book um that i would have said the name given maybe a review of but (laughs) Not to brag, it's not out yet. And I also didn't love it. I I am weird with books because I have an extremely low bar to like something, but an extremely high bar kind of to love something. Like if I watch a movie, a TV show, read a book, like I will probably like it. There's not much that I don't like. But will I love it? Probably not. And I'm sure you can analyze that. And I'm sure that says a lot about me as a person and maybe psychologically, um, not socioeconomic. What's what's, what's psychology, but sociology, sociologically, anthropologically, Abercrombie. But yeah, I've been enjoying reading these days. Uh, But yeah, I didn't. I might I might do a review of the book that I read when it comes out, but I didn't, like, some of these books, I'll be reading reviews, and it's like, this book that twists threw me for a loop, I, you know, it was like a page turner, I was thrilled, and then I'll read it, and I'm, like, bored. But not bored, not bored enough to stop reading, but, like, I'm just like I'll be confused of it, huh? Like I think I'm I think I'm too it's a, it's an insult to me. I think I'm too stupid for these books. I also don't like 
I don't like to skim when I'm reading, but sometimes it happens naturally. So I have to go back and like read three extra pages. I also, for whatever reason, when I'm reading like a physical book, every time a chapter starts, I like flip through the pages to see if it's like a long chapter or a short chapter, how many pages I have left. So I, I hardly ever read while forgetting that I'm reading. That's how you know it's a good book. If you, if you forgot that you're reading and you're just, you know, like flipping, being a, reading a page turner. Um, so if anyone has any recommendations for page turners, let me know. If it's a slow, if it's, if the page is like, you can hear the crinkle of the paper. I want nothing to do with it. And then I did something kind of sad. I, maybe three years ago when I started reading, I just started, I was in a time where like I was obsessing over something every few months. And for whatever reason, I decided that the obsession of the, of the quarter was going to be reading. So I just like bought a bunch of books. And, and then throughout the next two years, slowly read all of those books. And then I bought like a smaller group of books. And then over the past year, I've been reading those. And I finally got to a point where I had one book left. Just one book that I had, that I had to read. To have read every book that I bought. Um, and since then, I think I've bought like five or six more books. So this might take me a while. I, um, I really, there was, there was one moment in time where I had read every book that I had bought and it was, it was glorious and it was, sorry, not every book that I bought. I bought several books for school, never read any of them, specifically 1984 by, is it 1948 or 1984? No, yeah, 1984. It's a famous book. I'm sure you know it. I can't remember what the author's name was, um, I think the the trick with that book was it was written in 1948 and it was the guy ima- or the author imagining what 1984 would look like. Um but then it was also like creepy and I think there was like a there was like a some government surveillance happening. Listen, the reason I can't give you a clear synopsis of this book is because I did not read it. Which if you looked at the amount of essays that I'd written on this book, 1984, you would think that I'd for sure read it. I've read, I've written three essays on 1984, all different subjects. I'm sure I used the exact same quotes because, you know, why look for new quotes in a book you haven't read when you can just use the same quotes? Um, But yes, I have not, I have not read it. I had to do one high school paper and then two university papers on this book. I, I tried to watch the movie, even that was bad. It was dry. I was also n- not in a time where I was reading practically anything. Like I think now, if I was in a class where, where the where the reading material was novels, like I probably would read the books and would look forward to reading the books just because I do read like in my free time now more than I ever have. But at the time I was not wasting my time reading. It just, it felt like, I'm a, I also am a slow reader. Like, I can get through a book really fast, but it's because, like, that's all I'll do. Like, in every free minute, I will read the book, page-turner or not. Like, it just becomes something that I want to finish and complete. So, yeah. Again, I feel like I'm giving a lot of psychological um, windows inside my psychology. Uh, and I'm really glad 
that uh, there are no scientists to dissect the information. But if they would like to dissect the information um, and then pay me to be their research subject, again, know my direct deposit information off the top of my head, probably for the next 20 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. Actually, before we get off the topic of books, and by we I mean me, because there's no one else involved in this, obviously, I would like to make a cry, a plea, rather, to the publishing community. I don't know if this is just a Canadian thing. I don't know. I don't know what. But I'll start with the positive. Something that I like about books in Canada is that it is fairly common practice, I shall say, for books to first come out in the paperback right away. I think it used to be, and still is in, in most countries, like you get the, the, the hard cover, like the, the, like you, like it feels like a piece of wood plant. You know what, you know what, you know what a hardcover book is, but I feel like some people say hardcover and just mean like a physical copy, but like the actual, like the hardcover of the book. And then a while later, like the paperback will come out. For whatever reason, someone decided that Canadians are poor and we're going to give them the paperback first. That I enjoy. It's cheaper. You can normally find like a paperback new book for like under $20 on Amazon. Brilliant. I love that. No notes. Don't, don't change a thing. What I do have a note on and, and would like immediate um, cease of this practice is... When the books, when the pages of the books, when you flip them to the side, look like, like choppy. I don't even know what the word is. They're like not smooth. They're like jagged edges. We need to stop doing that. I don't know if it's like a cost thing. Like, is it cheaper paper? I I have heard that the world is like running out of paper and we don't know how to fix that problem. Which, okay, I totally get it. Like, whatever needs to happen, whatever we have to do to, to save the paper, like, I'm in. If that's, you know, I mean, we already got rid of plastic straws. Maybe we just get rid of straws in general so we're not using, like, the paper part of the, like, the sleeve. I think we should change the, the paper. I think we should change the plastic straws to paper and the paper sleeves to plastic. I think that would be a brilliant compromise and would maybe allow for us to use, you know, the paper that we were putting into covering straws into filling up those jagged edges of the books to make them nice and smooth because it pisses me off. And in actuality, like, does it affect me that much? In a, in a literal sense, no. In a, in a psychological this is a very psychological podcast. Um, this episode, not the show in general, but psychologically it affects me a lot. And I think that there are, um, that is reason for us to look into how we cease the um, practicing of that practice. Because it's stupid. You know what? I'm actually going to do a live. You know, what we haven't talked to in a while. My, everyone's favorite guest, my, um, my Al. So we're going to ask, why do some books have jagged edges? For someone, for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about 
I'm talking to my AI on my Snapchat. Okay. Books with jagged edges are called decal-edged books. Horrible name for a horrible concept. They are made that way to give the book a more rustic and old-fashioned look. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, hmm. Are they cheaper to produce? Question mark. Deckled edged book are not necessarily cheaper to produce than regular books. The main reason for the deckle edge is to give the book a unique look and feel. Okay, can they stop making these types of books? I'm going to ask. Maybe we have a connection to like Simon and or Schuster. Let's ask. Let's see. Fingers crossed, everybody. It's unlikely that Deckle Edge books will stop being produced altogether. They are still a popular choice for publishers and readers who appreciate the unique look and feel of a Deckled Edge. I'm going to say that sucks. That's too bad then. Let's see if we can get some sympathy here. I understand that everyone has different preferences when it comes to books, ain't that the truth? If you prefer books without deckled edge, there are still plenty of options available to you, so don't worry. And it's a link to Amazon. Okay, that's cool. I guess. Um, this is definitely, Jeff is definitely behind this, this propaganda. How are we feeling about AI? Are we scared of it? Because I kind of am. I don't like, I, I really think like the the technology we have now is is like perfect. Like I'm sure back a hundred years ago when like all they had was like a light switch and a prayer, they were like, I think we could do a little bit more here. Like we could probably make a dishwasher. We could probably you know popularize these things that we can use with the four wheels and a steering wheel to get places faster. You know they probably thought you know what we could probably make these like tubes that we could fly in the air with wings to get to, you know, Europe a bit faster, not via boat. Like, I understand the drive that propelled people um, through the various renaissance, the various, um, you know, modernity, technology revolutions or whatever the correct word is. I took one history class um, in university and it was on modernity. And like, what is it called? Is it called the renaissance? The tech... The technology, whatever, you know what I'm saying? The uprising, not the uprising, the popularization, the industrial revolution. That was the word I was looking for. I totally get like the motivation behind the past advancements in technology, but I actually think like we're good. Like I think we can stop. I think everything is as fast as it as it needs to be. I think, you know, the cars having the capability to drive themselves, but not necessarily the um, approval from our governments to let them drive themselves. I like that. I like having the option um, if we decide to do that one day, but like, I think we need to just, I think we need to stop that. Um, I think Google is perfect. I don't think we need to be talking directly to robots who are like forming personalities and like, to be quite quite honest, like back talking, okay, Snapchat Al, you've been back talking a little bit, um, and I in some ways I respect it. Uh, in some ways I think like you work for me, you know what I'm saying. 
Um, but whatever. Again, I will respect my, my Snapchat owl. And anytime I you know, get frustrated with it, I do send it a sorry text. I have apologized to AI. Um, so, you know, sue me. I don't know what, I don't know what we're supposed to do with that. But I think, I think we need to stop. Like we don't need to be sending any more people to, people to space. I think if you're buying a recreational ticket to space, you have too much money. Like I, I think, I think honestly, some charities should disguise themselves as like we're going to take you to space companies and then they take the money the however many thousands millions of dollars per ticket and then donate it back to the charity and then just say oh sorry you know your rocket to space got canceled and there's you know no reimbursement sorry oops and the billionaires will be fine i promise you know, the charities will be a lot better and then everyone will keep their feet on earth like the good Lord intended. We do not need to be going to space and we for sure don't have to be going to space for 30 seconds and then coming back. Like, huh? Who's, I would like to speak to the person whose idea that was. Like you can buy thousands of dollars a ticket, an opportunity to like shoot up into space and then come right back down. Like, for what? To say that you went to space? If you are one of those people that are going to pay to do that, I am giving you permission, me, a purveyor of the truth and authenticity, I'm giving you permission to lie and say that you did it. Don't do it. Save your money. Invest it into offshore accounts in the Caymans. I don't care. I won't say anything. Lie. Say, you know what? I, oh, I, oh, I've been space? I've been to space. Are you kidding? Martians? Yeah. I know Martians. Lie. Perfect. I I'll believe you. Even if I don't believe you, I'm not going to say anything. But like, we don't, we don't need to be quite literally wasting time in space. We've just, I, we need to be, we need to be physically and spiritually, emotionally grounded. We need to be humbled and we all just need to like, you know, go have an ice cream sundae and just chill. Speaking of chill and ice cream sundaes, I tried from everyone's favorite chain restaurant the new dessert item, which was a caramel popcorn McFlurry. It was interesting. It was um, it was ice cream with caramel popcorn in it and like maybe some chocolate sauce and it was also the first mcflurry that i've been given without that special spoon you know the spoon with a hole in it where they mix it um they just gave me a regular spoon and it was also the first mcflurry that was the least mixed mcflurry that i'd ever had so so i'm still giving it a 10 out of 10 it was ice cream and popcorn and caramel popcorn which you can't go bad with that but like I was just a little bit confused as to the process of, you know, the McFlurrying because normally, as I said, you would get the mixy the mixy spoon, and there was no mixy spoon. It was just it was just, it was to be honest, it was a wooden spoon for the climate. I would love to see, and I'm not saying that they haven't, but I would love to see like the chart of how 
paper straws have helped. Um, like the climate crisis. And I'm not even, like, I'm not even kidding. Like, I actually, I like a paper straw. I have no problem with the paper straw. Every once in a while, I'll be in a Starbucks and I'll just miss the days of the plastic green straw with the lid. Like, for I just miss, I just miss that. And I don't know why. And I, I'm not saying it's a healthy thing to miss, but I just miss just the whole thing, the, the whole experience of it. But I'm willing to sacrifice it for the good of the turtles but like do we have proof that it's helping like it's been long enough now where like we would have seen an increase in turtle thriving and i just want to make sure that that's happening because it seems like not to start a conspiracy theory but it allegedly seems like they allegedly want us to think that they're solving the problem when the problem um allegedly had nothing to do with plastic straws in the first place I don't, I'm not, I don't know. It just, it was like it went straight to plastic straws. You know what I mean? And then we replaced it with these like lids with the sippy cups, which I called them turtle tops, you know, in honor of the turtles. But like, it seems like we're using a lot of plastic to make those too. Like, like the cup is still plastic. Like how, how about we change the actual cup to paper and then just use a little bit of the plastic straw. Like it's just like a 2% plastic. Or we could have done like a mix. Like can we do like a mix of paper and plastic? Or just like make the straws like little tiny straws. Like cut them up? I don't know. And again, if anyone has like doctoral research on the, the positive effects that the paper straws have had, I would love to read it. I'll, I'll read the objectives I'll read the explanatory notes. I'll read the, the bibliography. I will read the abstract. I'll read it all. And with that, I feel the halftime of the Ego waffle Pop-Tart energy coming to a head. Um, it, is, it is removing, exiting itself from my system. Not in that way, but you know what I mean? The energy of it. Um, so yeah, if you made it this far, which I'm pretty sure is nobody, um, I'm, I thank you. If you listened, if you have, have, have at any point listened to an episode, uh, I thank you. Um, and have a, have a great week. I hope your weekend is full of caramel popcorn McFlurries and pla- or, sorry, Freudian slip paper straws. And sunshine or rain, depending on whatever you want. Um, and some soup. Make make some soup. Soup is good for you. It's good for the good for the chicken soup for the soul. See you next week. Goodbye.